It's a jackalope carnival. Jack, jack, jackalope. Jackalope carnival. Hi, Becca. Hi, Eric. We are back. For season two of Jackalope Carnival, a sideshow of stories. We're a bi-weekly podcast where we tell stories of the strange, the paranormal, the downright odd, and sometimes some bad puns. Often. So <laughs> this week, um, you put me in charge of doing all like 100% of the research. So, yep. Um, yep. Yeah, I claim this. If this turns out a complete hot mess, this is all my fault. But, so I picked one of my favorite topics. As you know, actually, you may not know this, but did you know, did you know, I have spent most of my life sharing a house with one or more cats. Which kind of makes you sound like crazy cat guy, but right now I know you only have one cat, so. (laughs) Although, yeah, never more than... um, but never more than I think the most I've ever had is three cats in, in a single house, which I don't think that's that's not terrible, right? And while I also enjoy cats, I have dogs. And so um, we were talking and we wanted to look into some paranormal stories and some strange, not I mean strange, we wanted to look at some out of the box beliefs. So we decided that we would look at animals and um, animal spirits, not to be confused with spirit animals, which I will not be talking about um, <laughs> for reasons I'll tell you more when we get to my dog episode. But right now, uh, we are talking about cats. So cats are not my spirit animal for all the reasons that we will talk about when we get to the dog episode. But we are talking today about cats in the spiritual realm of things. That's kind of what I was looking at. I was looking at lore, stories, um, religious beliefs, folk beliefs about cats, but as it pertains to kind of like the supernatural world, the spirit world, and things like that. And I found a like just a bunch of stuff. And it's kind of the interesting thing about this is, is that cross-culturally and across time, we find like similar ideas popping up over and over again about cats, which I found to be a little surprising. Or maybe not, right? Because if you think about a cat as an animal, as a pet, that is, cats are seen as mysterious as why maybe because they're nocturnal animals they're quiet right they don't make a sound when they walk i mean in comparison to dogs right like dogs announce they're coming if you don't hear like the clack of their toenails then you hear their barking and you know their stealth is not really their thing but with cats cats can sneak up on you as a matter of fact one of the things that i've heard from friends who don't like cats is that they associate cats with sneakiness and the negative human quality of kind of being secretive and sneaky but they can't really help it can they because they're just naturally quiet animals that is until dinner time and then I was going to say that. Yeah. Um, I also want to just put in a little caveat, which is Eric, unfortunately, played me a song called I Really Love Cats, which is now all I can think of. So he's talking <laughs> and all I hear is I really love cats. Um, so <laughs> that's I, all I'm going to comment the whole time. I really love cats. Yeah, I, I, I've been singing to myself in my head for a while because that 
one yeah. is one of my favorite songifies. And if if by some off chance the woman who is in that video that's now like over a decade and a half old is um, still looking for someone to date. You can add us at Jackalope Carnival. Oh, ouch. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's the worst pickup line. Is it? Yeah. <laughs> you know. Gotta help me Eric out Eric really What's loves that? cats. All right. So, so um, in case you didn't know, Eric's single. Very, very single, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> Jackalope Carnival as dating method. <laughs> Um, okay, so let's talk about cats, shall we? <laughs> so cats domesticated. So first, let's talk about what science says about the origin of cats, the origin story of cats. Cats domesticated themselves not once, but twice. And the thing that I love about this is that we believe that cats domesticated themselves. So domestication itself is kind of a, a complex thing. Um, not every animal can be domesticated. Many animals can be tamed, and by tamed, what that means is if you take an animal out of its natural or wild context and you bring it into a human home or you know a human farm or whatever, that animal, if it's handled young enough and, and you know it has a particular temperament, uh, can get used to human beings. And there's a lot of wild animals that can be tamed, but the thing is is that their offspring, if not also similarly handled – will be just as wild feral as anything else, right? But a domesticated animal, that domesticated animal is different than its wild counterpart, right? So the domestic dog was domesticated from the wolf. And even if you have a feral dog, feral dogs aren't wolves. They don't behave like wolves. And if put back out in the wild, they could not relive and rejoin wolf packs and you know be accepted and behave like wolves. They have a completely different set of behaviors and they do things differently. So domestication can only happen to certain animals. Interestingly enough, uh, horses can be domesticated, but zebras can't, for example. And that's why you don't see people anywhere in the world uh, riding around on zebras, but you see lots of different cultures well, riding around Well, to be horses. fair, you see it in Tijuana, but they're just painted donkeys. <laughs> I'm not even joking. I it's, have a picture of myself and uh, sitting on one somewhere. <laughs> so don't believe the hype. Don't believe the hype, folks. But cats domesticated themselves twice. Now, there are animals called wild cats. Uh, they are small. You know, they, they literally look like house cats. Uh, they live in Europe, they live in Asia, and they live in Africa. And there are different species and subspecies of these animals, but they're all very similar to each other. And I imagine they can all crossbreed. But the animal we think of as the domestic cat, that was domesticated or domesticated itself most likely about 3,500 years ago in Egypt. But prior so to. So we're talking much, much later than dogs. Hold on, though. But that was the oh, second. But... <laughs> you just hold it on over there. Uh, do you have something to grab onto? Grab on. Uh, actually, so maybe so. But in in Asia, cats domesticated themselves about 10,000 years ago. How's that match yeah, up for dogs? Still much more recent Still than more dogs. recent? Yeah. Fair enough. So my understanding of the dog origin story is that basically like hunters took wolf pups and brought them home like not once, but probably several places and times. Whereas the thing about cats is, is that when human beings began to do agriculture at different parts of the world, they would of course create granaries where they would store the excess corn, wheat, whatever you're growing. Right. And that would inevitably bring 
rodents that would eat the grain too. And of course, humans aren't very cool about that because you want, you're saving the grain to eat later. You're not saving it to attract mice to eat all your grain. Cats, wild cats then figured out, or some of them did, they figured out that if they show up at the granaries, they can eat the mice. And the humans were cool about that because, hey, you know, free pest control. And so humans kind of entered into a partnership with cats. So it was less like a domestication where, you know, an animal is taken out of the wild and more like this animal just decided it was going to start living with us. That really worries me because, as Eric knows, um, there's some raccoons that have basically decided <laughs> that they just are going to sit in front of my uh, sliding glass door out back until I feed them. You're so, the vanguard of a new domesticated animal. Yeah, I really hope not. <laughs> <laughs> so that's – but, I mean, if you think about that story, though, it makes perfect sense considering what we think of as cats as being very independent as being um, very self-directed. You know, the joke, of course, is is that, you know, you can't really uh, train cats to do things. No, Eric and I, I will, for our listeners, um, sometimes when working with Eric on Jackalope Carnival, I feel like I'm herding cats, as the um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> saying goes. Exactly. <laughs> Although, so I'll just... truth be told, the thing that, um, that drives you craziest about me is probably what is also true about you. So. Ouch. Oh, oh yeah. caddy. I know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So that's the, that's so much for science, right? So that's what the reasonable people tell us about cats. But if you take a look at world folklore and world religion of various kinds, you also find um, beliefs about cats as well. Egypt. I really love cats. <laughs> It probably isn't any surprise that Egypt, one of the places where um, cats first domesticated themselves, has a lot of thoughts and beliefs about uh, about cats. So pre-Islamic Egypt, there was actually rules about cats, about how you could treat them. Killing a cat at some point in Egyptian history uh, was considered a punishable offense by death. And, of course, we have a goddess who is associated with cats, Bast. Um, who's seen as a fertility goddess, a motherhood goddess, but her first job was cat goddess. And, and don't forget, there were medical papyruses that thought that cat poop had medicinal qualities. Which, um, yeah. See Jackalope Carnival episode on bloodletting. <laughs> <laughs> and this has not the been leeches. tested by us, uh, so don't take our word for it. That's... Yeah, that's what the my dogs. Tell you. That's my, my my dogs have tested it, and they're pretty healthy. So, <laughs> oh, I used to have that problem too with my dog back in the day. So that's not the last time we'll see a, a goddess and a cat um, kind of hanging out together, right? Actually, Bast isn't hanging out with cats. Bast is a cat. Is a cat, right? Yes. She's either pictured as a woman with a cat head, or sometimes just as a seated cat. I actually um, went to the North Carolina Museum of Art today and saw a Golden Mummies exhibit. So I actually saw – it was later Egypt, so it was like after the like Ptolemaic era. And um, there were lots of those vast female body and cat head mm -hmm. images. Though even cats were mummified as well. 
Mm. Uh, did they have any cat mummies when you went to the museum today? They didn't because it was more about the the portraits. So the later portraits that they had in on the faces of mummies. But I did actually remember in third grade going back to Idaho, Rigby, Idaho, which sadly has recently been in the news. Um, but I do remember that they brought cat mummies to school as like they brought some guy who had cat mummies and that was our school assembly <laughs> what <laughs> idaho's a strange place <laughs> i kind of love this little town with its jackalope libraries and and taxidermied cat, libraries and cat yeah, and mummies cat yes. mummy assemblies like, so yeah they had a, a mummy a, an assembly and this person had cat mummies and that was the first time third grade is when i learned about it did is that where so, i'm in fourth grade so if i'm being like trying to get the details but yeah cat mummies am i allowed to talk about your dislike of of uh mummies uh i mean i don't really feel like that i had a dislike of mummies as i mentioned today i went to a mummy exhibit <laughs> I, I was very proud of you when you told me yeah so i have had the old mummy Decades ago, I tried to get you to go to a museum, and when you heard that there was a mummy room in said museum, you were adamant. I did not, and today, like, it was fine. It was really interesting. Very good. Hmm. Going through July 11th, so <laughs> people are in North Carolina, they can go see it at the North Carolina Museum of Art. It's free. Well, the exhibit isn't, but the general museum admission is. Gotcha. So from Egypt, let's move a little bit north, shall we? Uh, let's go to Greek. So this is pre-Christian Greece. Um, and the goddess Hecate. Uh, Hecate had a couple of animals associated with her, and one of them was the cat. Hecate also is the goddess of uh, witchcraft. She's the queen of the night. And her association with especially a black cat, I have to wonder, and I'm going to get into this in a, a little more depth in a minute. I have to wonder if that's not the origin of, of the European idea of associating black cats with witches. You know, because I was already researching a little on dogs, and she has an association with black dogs, too. More so than cats, actually. Um, yeah. Yeah, cats are kind of like her number two, kind of like, you know, on the power rankings. But um, but her and dogs are, she's definitely a, a dog person more than a cat person. But specifically black cats and Hecate, and since Hecate is is the, the witch goddess, um, yeah, like I... Hold, hold on to that thought, will you? Put your put your thumb in there on the book, as Into they say. Witch goddess. Mm, which, uh, yeah, witch goddess. Yeah, that's that's like going to be my new username for everything now. Fair enough. <laughs> Jackalope witch goddess. Jackalope witch goddess. And if you were wondering what the band name of the day was, <laughs> boom. Jackalope yeah, it's witch my goddess. Black metal cover band. I was okay. I could see that. I was actually thinking. No, let's go with that. No, that's that's about right. Dark wave is that what you're thinking? <laughs> no, I was thinking like '70s, like Black Sabbath, like first wave of like occult metal. Uh, okay, well, I'll have to think about that. Okay, <laughs> but but either way, I mean, either would work really. I mean, because you know, one leads to the other. Uh, so let's go now even further north, shall we, to the religion of the Norse folk, um, the Germanic folk, my peoples, uh, the Eddas, which are the the tales, the religious tales um, of the Germanic people uh, talk about Freya, the goddess of fertility, uh, motherhood, witchcraft, also female sexuality. And 
she has a chariot drawn by two cats. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. It re- like it actually do yourself a favor at some point and go ahead and type into your favorite search engine uh, Freya's chariot. There are so many really cool pictures of this that are just fun. I thought um, you were going to be like, do yourself a favor and get it in a wagon and get that thing pulled get by some a cats. Cat chariot. The thing is, though, is that I think that's you have to be some kind of like spiritual. Yeah, because can you imagine like oh expecting gosh. cats to pull something? Right. One would sit down and like lick its paw, and the other would be like <laughs> go chasing something else. And yeah, exactly. Like it would be like hurting cats. Right. So only yeah, only Freya can make that work. Right. Um, but once again, we see a goddess of uh, witchcraft of sorcery, Freya, uh, being associated with cats. So you see where I'm going with this, right? There's a, sort of like a, a cat witchcraft connection uh, that's going to play its way out in Europe. And we'll return to that. But before we do, uh, I want to go actually a little further east and look at the lore of Japan. And in Japan, there's a concept of the yokai. Have you heard of this before, the yokai? I don't think I have, actually. Yokai is a general term for supernatural being or monster or spirit, but like spirit of a non-human variety, not like a ghost, you know? Some have connected yokai, actually, to Pokemon. (laughs) That Pokemon is basically like taking like this, uh, this cultural idea of like you know, a world of supernatural monsters, turning it into a game. I don't know why, because I've really never done Pokemon. I think I've done it twice. I tried it out. But like, as soon as you said that, I'm like suddenly more interested. <laughs> <laughs> it's because okay. you are, what, what, wait, what, shoot, I just lost our band name. Because you're <laughs> Cat Witch Goddess or something. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. it. No, it wasn't. <laughs> what was our what was our band name? I can't I can't believe I forgot that already. Uh, you know. Okay. Comes well, from I'll rewind this cats. again. Yeah, it's been it's been a long week. Jackalope Witch Goddess. Jackalope Witch Goddess. So Yokai, or um if you like, if you must think of them as Pokemon. Okay, I actually have one Pokemon story. My little brother, when he was just in like middle school, um, I was going to visit him. I was in college at the time. And he really wanted to show this this video game to me. It had it was like the original Game Boy, like the one that was like black and white. And he's like, "Here, I'm playing this game called Pokemon. Do you like it?" And I was like, "Yeah, play a game. Why not?" So I started playing it. And like next thing you know, like he's going to bed. Next thing you know, sun's coming up. I literally stayed up and played Pokemon all night. And that's when I decided I could never play it again because I just apparently am too addicted. And that was like back in like the '90s, and I haven't touched one since. It's just, it's going to be bad for me. It's kind of like uh, that age I'm of civilization. There seems like there's going to be a conspiracy here. Like cats, cats, Pokemon. Cats, cats. Pokemon. I'm addicted. Cats, <laughs> cats, Pokemon. I'm going to make my cats. own song. So there's Pokemon two yokai that are related to cats. And indeed, often these two different yokai, because there's different kinds of yokai, and they have they have their own names, and they look very, very different from each other. Um, but there's two cat yokai. And sometimes the lore seems to get uh, confused between the two. But here's the interesting thing about them both, that both of these yokai are start out as regular old uh, cats, pet cats, uh, mortal cats, 
But over time, they become supernatural beings. Like if they live a long time. Like maybe use up their nine lives. Maybe so. Which is interesting because actually my understanding of, so sometimes the word's called animism, but sort of like religions that believe that there are animating or spiritual forces in, you know, any inanimate object, rocks, crystals, the earth, plants, whatever, what have you. Um, Japan, of course, has its own flavor of this. And it's thought that things, even that are made by humans, can start to get their own almost spirit or soul if they live long enough, like usually after a century. Oh, yes. I've definitely heard of this. Mm -hmm. Now, obviously, cats don't live to be a century. Um, The oldest cats that we know of live just a few decades. And the average cat, of course, lives just, you know, a little over a decade, right? Um, I think the oldest cat I've ever had personally was 21 years old. Mm. He was such a sweet kid. I loved him. Lucky cat. Yeah, he was. He was a sweetheart. But usually after about the 10th year, though, uh, these two yokai start developing um, strange things about them. Uh, the first one is called a, ne- a nekomata. And nekomata, they start getting an extra tail. They, in fact, s- split tail is kind of their um, calling card. So if you have a cat over 10 years old and has a split tail... You know, just be aware. It's becoming supernatural. It might be becoming supernatural. The thing about these, though, is they can shapeshift into a human, but they usually shapeshift into an older woman. And they're associated with sorcery and magic as well. Here we go again with the cats and the sorcery. It's Cat like magic. It's like That's a my theme. That's our first song for. Um... <laughs> I'm doing like a little finger thing over here, like cat magic. So, not not jazz hands. I'm really disappointed in that. Cat fingers. Okay. Yes. So that is the nekomata, and they can actually be malevolent. They can really. Uh, well, so can cats. Let's face it. I have never personally had this experience. All my cats so, have. Let been me tell you a little story here, Eric. Go. Um, my grandfather, who um, wasn't really into animals. When I was a little girl, he had a cat and he loved this cat, which kind of surprised everyone because he hadn't been, you know, that into animals. And he would go every day to the fish store and buy fresh fish to feed this cat. That is adorable. Yeah. And he loved it. But that cat became very protective of him as though he was, you know, basically my grandpa was a resource to this cat. And when I would come to visit that thing would attack me anytime I got too close to my grandpa. <laughs> hmm. Okay. The fish man. <laughs> Did, so, that's that's I, Hey, that is not for most of cats. That's not been my experience, but a few cats uh, that I've been around in my life. My current cat is very protective of me actually. Um, yeah. I <laughs> what's that? Yeah. I noticed he really likes you a lot. He's yes. not that he wasn't that into me. No, he doesn't. Yeah, when people when people come around, he's usually not into them at all. Um, but and if he is, what ends up happening is is when I have guests come over, as you actually observe this, is he'll stick himself to me like like he's yeah. claiming me. Like this is mine. 
Please be careful, you know. I mean, at least he didn't try to bite you in the stomach, which is what my Jack Russell did when you came to visit me. So, <laughs> anyway, so we that. digress. We <laughs> Can't wait to dog week next week. Oh. <laughs> Terry can't either. All right. All right. So, this, this, uh, Back to the Nekomata. Uh, Nekomata can they they especially hold grudges. So if you mistreated the cat when it was just a vulnerable little kitten, now that it's a grown up Nekomata and can shape shift into a sorcery wielding woman, usually older woman, be careful because it's coming for you. Uh, that being said, uh, you can mollify them with sincere apologies. So if you have crossed a Nekomata. And it seems to be bent on wreaking vengeance. Uh, you might want to say you're sorry because that can sometimes work for them. Um, there's a second type of yokai that is associated with cats called a bake no- neko. Bake neko. Uh, by the way, I don't speak Japanese at all. Um, the only Japanese I've ever learned in a formal setting um, re- is restricted to counting to ten and words for throwing people. So if I uh, the old martial arts Japanese <laughs> judo Japanese is all I speak. So if I'm getting this wrong and you are a Japanese speaker out there, um, by all means, get in contact with us and give me a hand with pronunciation. I would appreciate it. The bakinako, excuse me, bake neko, is only has a single tail, so you can tell them apart, and they're less malevolent than just mischievous. Uh, the thing they're kind of famous for in all the lore that I was looking at is they like to stand up on their hind legs, put a napkin on their head, and dance. No kidding. My my little uh, annoying raccoon out back, I accidentally dropped some cheese on his head. So he had like cheese on his head, and then he was kind of like turning around. So it sounds like mil- milkweed. Yes, I named it. <laughs> Uh, you know tanuki uh, in in Japanese culture. Uh, I, I do. My mm-hmm. friend gave me a tanuki statue, and it sits out there. Probably what attracted them in the first. I was going to say you you've been asking for this. Shaking my fist, Corey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I basically like welcomed them with open arms. Unfortunately. <laughs> yes. Well. Yes, you did. So all of this kind of like cats and witchcraft uh, business, right? Um, so far, seems more or less innocent, but it's going to start taking a little bit of a darker turn when we get to Christianity in Europe. So we're, you know, moving ahead now to the 13th century. Pope Gregory the Ninth will actually give an official warning against witchcraft, in which he targets. He says that canoodling with a black cat can be dangerous because it might be the devil. <laughs> oh, Gregory. Uh, that's in 1233 if you're looking it up, uh, for those of you who are my... Uh... I've only fostered black cats. I love... I, I just like cats. So black cats, black and white cats. Yeah, tabby I, I, cats. I fostered a lot of black cats. Um, and, you know, I fostered with our local animal shelter. So I also got to take a lot of black cats to Pagan Pride Festival because when we had a Pagan Pride Festival... They would ask the shelter to bring animals and we'd bring black cats and they'd get adopted um, because people there understood that black cats are harder to home, possibly because of things like what Pope Gregory said over there. Quite possibly. And we're going to talk a little bit about neo-paganism in a few minutes. Uh, We'll get there. But right now I'm kind of we're following a thread 
of cats and witchcraft. Now, here's the thing. I think that the um, the sorcery that's going on in Japanese cat lore is more of a um, mischievous or, you know, maybe vengeful, but not seen as like evil, like uh, diabolical evil, you know, type of thing. And likewise, if we go back even further to uh, Greek and Norse uh, folklore, the witchcraft of, of Hecate and Freya isn't seen as malevolent necessarily either. I mean, it can be vengeful, but not diabolical. You know, it's not like just doing these spiritual practices in and of themselves are going to doom your soul um, necessarily. They can doom someone else, especially if they've done you wrong. I mean, Hecate can be quite fierce, apparently, if, if she's invoked as a vengeful spirit. So the lore goes. But in the Christian era, witchcraft is strictly forbidden or I should say in the Christian place and time, Europe in the Middle Ages, witchcraft is strictly forbidden and in fact punished quite harshly from time to time. And so from Pope Gregory's warning in uh, 1233, if we jump ahead just a century, the 14th century, and we start seeing the Black Plague, this is one of those really unfortunate, it would have been better to do nothing at all situations. But when spots start getting hit really hard by the Black Death, by the bubonic plague. People start blaming witchcraft, you know, like they did at the time. And one of the things they did, as per Pope Gregory's insinuation, is they start killing cats. And the problem with this, of course, is that bubonic plague is actually spread by fleas, specifically the fleas on rats. And so when they killed the cats... They unfortunately took away a a natural predator of the rats, and so the rats could spread even further. And so they just made the situation just even worse. I have to wonder whether the association that Pope Gregory, and I'm sure he wasn't the first person to articulate this, but I do have to wonder if the association of cats with witchcraft connects back to the older Greek and Germanic ideas about cats being special to uh, goddesses associated with witchcraft. Probably. It seems likely to me. And that's going to bring me to, well, actually, before we go there, let's talk real quick. This is a, a fun caveat because it's nice. So in Islam, cats are not treated in any way as evil. Quite the opposite. In Islam, cats are quite favored. There's even hadiths, sayings from the Prophet of Islam, about cats that are favorable. The Prophet himself actually had a favorite cat. And there's a really cute story where um, his favorite cat fell asleep on his robe. And a, a pretty nice robe, I'm guessing. And Friday prayer was coming up. And so instead of uh, waking his cat up, he loved his cat so much, he literally just cut his robe so that he could go. To from what I understand, that particular story is not in Hadith. No, it is not. It's it folklore. it is like a popular story. It is. I actually have uh, the quotes of the Hadith. And again, I know there's Hadith and there's Hadith. Like, yeah. There's different yeah, no. levels of, of, of Hadith that are considered. But in, I mean, it is very specific about that you don't kill cats. He is very specific about that you don't mistreat them, mm-hmm. that they are absolutely all right to keep his pets, etc. Affection for cats is part of faith is one of the Hadiths. Mm-hmm. Um, again, I don't know what level of... of um, oh, I just mean the, the robe cutting specifically. Yes, yes. No, that story's folklore. Yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. That's what I was meaning. Not that he didn't right. like cats and Hadith. I meant yeah, yeah, the yeah. robe cutting. 
Absolutely. And then have this is actually I think this this is probably a, a pretty uh, widely regarded hadith because it's not about cats specifically, but rather it says, "Have mercies on creatures of God, so that God may have mercy on you." And that seems just to be in the spirit of the religion. So, but yes, so cats are favored for being clean. They were very popular in Islam. So at the same time that cats are being persecuted in Christianity and Islam, they were not. And that's going to bring me to a discussion, though. It's going to bring me to a discussion about something else, something that I want to call um, or that people have called folk religion. Folk religion has been described, actually, the word has been used to describe a couple of different uh, related topics. And I found this article written by Don Yoder in the journal Western Folklore. And Don Yoder actually takes it upon himself to try to create a definition of what folk religion is because he recognizes that it's used as like in kind of three different ways. One is folk religion is used to describe a ethnic religion or national religion. So in the way that the religion of the Lakota people is like Lakota religion, like we don't, there's no separate name like Christianity for it. It is the religion of those folks. That's one way to talk about folk religion. Yeah, that's not really my understanding of it. But. Right. And your, yours and mine are probably more similar, I think. And the other one is is like a religious survival, an artifact of an earlier belief system or practice. So maybe like pre-Christian Europe, there were certain things that people did and it sort of survived either on the down low or became something else, even though Christianity came. And the third one I think is probably what you and I both think. And that is there is religious beliefs and practices that are not part of Orthodox belief. Yeah, and practice. Just sort of popular, popular religion. Exactly. And they're not, as a matter of fact, like if you ask like, you know, the clergy of the religion, they might even be like a little like aghast about it, you know, a, a popular example being it is part of a folk Christianity to say that when someone dies, they become an angel. That's not actually part of Christianity. Like Orthodox Christianity has never taught that. That is not actually a part of any official Christianity that I'm aware of. Uh, but it's a widespread folk belief, right? That, you know, you get your wings like when you die or heaven gets another angel. That's a, that's a piece of folk religion. I like to I'm, – I'm looking at religion that I find on the internet. And to me, like looking at it through the lens of folk religion makes it make a little more sense, right? There's no official orthodoxy. There's no official teachings about these religions. They mix and mingle with older practices, older folklore, and they're becoming their own thing. And honestly, I can't think of another name for it other than modern folk religion. Oh, Eric, it's just because you're not allowed in the sacred – Cat, which goddess cat temple? I'm sorry. Which there goddess is orthodoxy. cat temple? <laughs> orthodoxy of the witch goddess cat temple is the name of the first album of <laughs> the band we can't remember. <laughs> of that band we can't remember. Exactly. Oh, uh, you know, in that band, we do a lot of things, and sometimes it just my memory. <laughs> We're busy with other. What things. happens in which goddess cat temple stays in which goddess cat temple? Fair enough. So I don't know what else to call it, right? Because if you look on the internet, there's all these cat spiritual beliefs, and they just like any other folk belief, they don't, you know, they don't say where they come from. They don't say like how this person arrived at this belief. There's no like official theologian that like wrote it. They're just sort of like these spiritual beliefs that are out 
you know, kind of in the wild, like doing their thing. Well, and there's a lot of, because I was going to think of one of my grandmother's things where it was like, if you don't have a cat, if you have a baby, because the cat will steal the baby's breath. Yes. Uh, You know, it's so funny because I heard that one too, or the idea that cats will um, smother babies. Yeah, that they would come and smother the baby or steal the the baby's breath is how she would say it. But yeah, absolutely. My mother was such a staunch opponent of that belief because my mom was very pro-cat. We always had cats growing up. Cats were allowed to literally sleep in my crib with me when I was a baby. And like people would like actually say to my mom, like, aren't you afraid? My mom would be like, you know, pish posh. Except my mother's never said that word in her life. Uh, she, <laughs> yeah, I can't. I can't no. picture that. No. <laughs> <laughs> with her pinky up as she's drinking tea. Yeah. <laughs> now, mom drinks plenty of tea, but not with her pinky up. Um, but no, she would. She thought that was a stupid idea. She let cats hang out with all of us. But we do have these folk beliefs about cats, modern folk beliefs about cats. They don't, just like any other piece of folk religion, I don't know where they come from. But here, do you want a list of a small list of what I found? They are things like um, if you have a cat, cats can be guardians of your house of spirits because it is, again, kind of like a folk, but modern folk belief. Cats can see spirits. They can see ghosts. They can see spirits. Yeah, I've, heard, I've definitely heard people say that before, for sure. Mm-hmm. And again, I don't know where this comes from, right? Um, the idea that cats can actually chase away bad spirits is another one. Sometimes uh, cats, you know how like cats sometimes just sit and stare at things? My cat does, at least. There's a belief that they're actually uh, astrally traveling to other realms. And again, astral travel is very much a 20th century kind of idea, right? But yeah, the cats astrally travel or spiritually travel to other realms. So there is, there's these, there's these sort of like older idea or they're not older, they're new. There are these ideas that are just bouncing around the internet about cats as um, spirit protectors in the modern era. And I have no idea how to classify them other than just to call them folk, folk religion. I think folk, folk religion is fair with that popular religion mm. in that sense, for sure. I have dogs, <laughs> but I've fostered a lot of cats um, and I fostered some kittens. Like I said, black kittens, forgetting that kittens are crazy. Like kittens have no. So adorable. Yeah, but they'll, they will climb the walls. I have a bookshelf. Literally. And they, they would climb the books. They just like mm-hmm. climb right on those books, little Claws. They're little pom poms of doom. Like they have like little teeth and little claws and they bounce oh, around. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So, uh, but you know, you do, you think of them as sort of, especially black cats as having this mystical mm-hmm. aura, you can say. Right. So there we tell, go. See? Tell us a few others. Well, that's okay. So the only thing I could find that was related to this. Oh, by the way, I don't mean to muscle in on your thing, but. Oh, no. You muscling in on my dog territory? Not dog territory, but I'm going to try to say a German word. Okay, let's hear it. I know, that's normally your thing. Oh, um, is it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, there's a German word for folk for folk religion or folk belief. Ready? Here's my, tra- here's my attempt. And I did not have a year of, of German in, in uh, college. Volksglaube. Okay. There you go. And our German friends can correct me if I got that wrong please. Uh, but the only thing I could find that was um, related to perhaps this, this Volksglaube, this folk religion idea about cats that's around the internet, 
is the idea that modern pagan groups have. So if we again go back to uh, medieval Europe, there's the idea of the familiar. Uh, familiar comes from the Latin word familiaris, which means household. And in fact, familiaris is the na- the scientific name of several domesticated animals, household, right? Um, if I'm not mistaken, I think it's actually, isn't that the Latin name for a house cat? Felis familiaris? Eric, I have no idea. <laughs> No, it's Felix. My it's, animal taxonomy is uh I am wrong. It's non existent. It's Felix Catus. Anyway, oh don't worry. Felix the cat? Did Felix you say Felix the, the cat. cat? But the word the word familiaris is where we get the word familiar. Uh cats were thought of as witches familiars. And that word is going to again take a darker turn during the Middle Ages. In the Middle Ages, familiars were thought of as not real cats. That is, that witches would have cats, but they were actually demons in cat form and not true cats at all. Modern pagans do have the same idea of familiaris, but not the diabolical idea that was thought of by Christians in the Middle Ages. Instead, your familiar in modern paganism, according to my understanding, is in fact a cat. (laughs) It's not like, you know, an evil spirit in disguise because those kind of things aren't even things in that religious tradition. Uh, But rather, it's it's not like a, a pet that you're just taking care of. It's more like an animal that you do spiritual practice along with. So it becomes more like a partner than it is like, you know, an animal that you're you're just feeding and, and keeping as a pet. Well, there is a lady who has, uh, she's a channeler, and I can't remember her name, but she channels the ancient spirit that is her cat. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. There's. I, I feel like there's more to that story that I want to hear. Well, there is, but it's not. I, I generally try not to get too much on negative. Um, but oh, they see. were selling her cat essence, which I don't know what that is, and also a COVID cure, which is talking to whales or something. So I was pretty unhappy <laughs> about this cat spirit channeling woman. I but, see. Um, yeah, we don't have to go into when all you that, veer no. into medicine. That's like. Yeah, yeah. And actually, so, I mean, we we did a show already on, like, you know, wacky cures. But um, that is something that tends to happen, isn't it? Is that people will um, – there's this, there's a crossover. Oh, actually, I forgot. That's something that's really interesting. Sorry. I don't know why Go. when you said that this totally went over my head. So I, for a time, worked here in North Carolina at an, a wonderful museum that is at NC State University. And they have something called the Purr Machine. Oh, I know about. I I I bet I know what this is about. Is this about? I've mend- been in the per machine. It's about mending so can, bones, right? Hmm? Mending well, bones. Well, yeah. There's certain frequencies. So this museum is has this contraption that an artist made, and I I'm, I apologize. I'll make sure to put it on our website or put it up on Instagram as well. That who the artist is behind this contraption called the per generator, and you can go in. And it's amazing. You feel like there's a cat purring. Like you feel like you're inside this purring cat. And basically that there are certain frequencies, like you're saying with bones regenerating, Mm -hmm. that they found that cat purrs. Do you want to go through that? You want to lead on this one, Eric? Uh, If you like. Cat purring. Yeah. Yeah, Cat purring happens at a certain frequency. 
and that frequency is the frequency is inside of the frequency of a, of a normal cat purr is a particular frequency that is particularly good for mending bones that have been broken. And so, right, they'll put they'll actually put you can go to real hospitals and they will put a device on you that vibrates at this frequency, the same as a cat purring, and it'll help your body naturally mend. So that's something that's interesting. It's um... <laughs> my cat likes to sleep with me when I'm not feeling well and, I, and he purrs and it helps. And not like broken bones, but just not feeling good because he's a buddy. So, he's my buddy. That's our show for you today. Um, hope you stop by in two weeks and thank you for listening. Take care, folks. Jackalope Carnival. Pokemon. 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 Pokemon